The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. He said, There was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human being. And a widow in that town used to come to him and say, Render a just decision for me against my adversary. For a long time, the judge was unwilling. But eventually he thought, While it is true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being, because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her lest she finally come and strike me. And the Lord said, Pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes to preach the word, a guy needs help. And so I'm going to go back here and look for some help. And I'm going to ask you two guys to help me. Come. <laughs> Easiest applause you're ever going to get. <laughs> We're going to come right up here to the front. What are your names? Laurel and Daniela. and Daniela, come here. Turn around. Daniela, you stay right here. Laurel, come here. Okay, this is Laurel. This is Daniela. And don't worry, they only look scary. <laughs> All right. We had something going on in our first reading that we need some demonstrator models for, okay? And you guys are our demonstrator models. All right? Now, in the first reading, we hear about a battle that's being fought. Israel is moving from slavery to freedom, and on the way, a king raises an army and comes and attacks them. And while, while that is going on, those Israelites who were warriors go out to defend the people. But not everybody was a warrior, including Moses. And Moses had a different job. He stood on top of a hill looking down at the valley where everything was going on, and he began praying. And his prayer was important for the success of the defense of the people. And note what the Lord is teaching us here, that for the people to succeed, there are those who have an active role in its defense, and there are those who have an active role in supporting that defense. No role, so the warriors are not more active than Moses who prays. It's two different kinds of activity. 
And now think about your lives. Think about the fact that there are all kinds of realities in this world. Sometimes it seems like an army that wants to rob you of your peace, that wants to rob you of your goodness, that wants to knock you off course. And so imagine this. All of these people here, including your own family, all right, are dealing with things sometimes that aren't really good. And if we're not careful, they can take our goodness away. And part of it is, in addition to trying really hard to work against those things, somebody has to support all of these people with prayer. And Laurel, that's going to be your job. Are you ready for this? So I'm going to have you come here right in the middle. I'm going to ask you to do something really hard. Put your hands out and lift them up like this, just like that. Can you do that? Good. You just stay like that for a while, okay? Now, Danielle, when those arms begin to drop, okay, you call out and say you've got to lift them up again. Can you do that? Good. And I'm just going to walk over here. You guys all know what's going to happen. <laughs> but now note, Moses is on the hill, and what do we hear? When Moses' hands were lifted up, everything was going well. But when Moses' hands dropped, things began to go badly. You doing okay so far, Laurel? Very good. I don't know I could last that long. But note, note this idea that when Moses can sustain a certain quality, a certain degree of activity, a certain attentiveness, as he is calling out to heaven on behalf of all of those who are defending the people, Everything goes well. But when he doesn't, the battle begins to turn against them. And know what that says. There's something more important than the skill of the warrior. There's something more important than the strength of the warrior. There's something more important than our talent and our ability. And it's not that that is unimportant. It's that those things are not sufficient. You're going to put Moses out of a job. <laughs> and so Moses stretches his hands out over the people as they struggle. Note how important this is for us to understand. Because we struggle too. And in a significant part of Christian life, is not just working really hard. It is also supporting and upholding one another in prayer. Uh-oh, you're beginning to drop. <laughs> Are you beginning to get a little sore? Yes. That's getting, it's pretty hard, isn't it? And I'm really long-winded. This could be a while. <laughs> now, Danielle, come here. Help her. Come behind her. Hold the arms up. Is that a little easier with her helping you? Good. No, Moses can't do it alone. Even Moses can't do it alone. Moses' arms aren't strong enough either to support the needs of all the people. His prayer is effective, but he needs help too. And so note, the warriors are out defending the people. Moses is supporting them with his prayer. 
and somebody has to support Moses. And note what Scripture is teaching about the people of God. No one of us can do it all. No one of us is complete and sufficient by himself or herself. But together, together with that idea of supporting, and it wasn't that Aaron and Hor said, I'm not as holy as Moses, I'm not as prayerful as Moses. What they said was, Moses needs help. My prayer might not be as strong as his, but I can support him. Moses looked out at the troops and said, I can't lift a sword and defend the people, but I can protect them with my prayer, and so I'll do it. And the troops looked at Moses and the others, and they said, we maybe can't pray like they do, but we can keep them safe. Note how marvelous this is. This image of the entire people working together. Like these two guys. Have you had enough? Yes? Okay, put your arms down. That's hard work. But you know what makes a person really strong to keep praying? Ice cream. The laborers are always worth their wage. So after Mass, there you go. Hopefully that makes up for the look of shock and horror when I called on you guys. <laughs> but what a, what, a marvelous, what a marvelous lesson tucked away in the pages of the Old Testament for us today. And the church deliberately chooses that to correspond to the teaching that Jesus gives us in our gospel reading about the need to pray regularly and constantly. But the Lord, as is his habit, as is his custom, uses an odd example to make his point. The Lord wants to talk about God and prayer, and so what does he do? He talks about a judge who's corrupt. And we sit there and say, what does that have to do with God? And so the Lord now is talking about something that often comes to us. We worry about not being heard when we pray, don't we? We worry about not being listened to. We worry about asking and not receiving. And so here then, the Lord is now going to say, you have to understand a few things. These insecurities that come to you, how do I know God is listening? What makes me think God will answer me? Why am I praying so hard and nothing seems to be happening? What good is it maybe I should just stop? These are common experiences, common thoughts. We all have them sooner or later from the Holy Father on down. And Jesus now then is addressing that in his disciples. And he says, think about it this way. Consider a judge who doesn't respect anybody. He doesn't even respect God. He doesn't care what God has commanded. He doesn't care what is good. It doesn't matter to him. And we sit and say, wow. But he also doesn't care about anybody else. He doesn't respect anybody. It doesn't matter that somebody's going to be upset to him. It doesn't matter that someone's going to be unhappy to him. He doesn't care about pleasing anybody. In other words, Jesus is saying, 
if anybody's not going to listen to you, it's that guy. And so Jesus says, let's consider the most ridiculous example. The one who has authority, who doesn't care about you. Think about that person. And Jesus says, now, think about a widow. Because at the time Jesus was speaking, nobody was more defenseless than a widow. She had no husband to support her or protect her. Her children were small. And so her life is vulnerable. She's fragile. She has no authority, no status, and no resources. She can't intimidate the judge. She can't buy the judge off. And she's too insignificant for the judge to even think about caring about her. The judge just doesn't care. But she needs this judge to give her a good outcome. Notice how Jesus is setting it up. He's putting all the cards on the table saying there's nothing here to make us think this widow's going to get what she wants. And then he says, and the widow can't do anything except meet him in the street every day and say, you've got to decide for me. You've got to give me justice. And the judge ignores her the first day, but there she is the next day. You've got to give me justice. And the judge ignores her again. And there she is the next day. You've got to give me justice. I know what Jesus is saying. This guy doesn't care about anybody. This guy doesn't care about her. This guy doesn't respect anyone. He's not going to give her justice because it's the right thing to do. But sooner or later, he's going to get sick of her. Sooner or later, he's going to say she's driving me crazy. Sooner or later, he's going to say, I'm just done with her. And if I don't give her what she wants, she's going to keep making my life miserable. So I'll just do it. What, what an odd example. But Jesus says, if persistence, if persistence wears down the wicked, what will it do for somebody who's good? This is the point. Jesus says, if the helpless widow, who has no reason to expect that she'll get justice, can get justice by showing up and asking day after day, even from a judge who doesn't care about her. What if the judge actually cared? How much more quickly would it happen? How much fuller would the justice be? How much better would the situation be? Jesus says, the problem is you guys think of God like that judge who doesn't care about you. But that's not who he is. That's not who he is. We might be as lost and defenseless as the widow, but God is not the indifferent, uncaring judge. And so he says, so show up day after day. Show up with regularity. Show up and come before him with real faith and a real expectation. But don't come to the Lord and pray this way. Lord, there is so much I need, and in faith I ask you for it, but I really get it if you're not going to answer me. 
Because what did we just do? We took our prayer right off the table, didn't we? Mm -hmm. And the Lord says, no, ask, ask, and do it regularly. He also says, though, that swiftness doesn't mean immediately. It doesn't mean right away. The Lord at times is pleased that we come to him more than once, that we come to him over time. Because coming to him over time also has the effect of purifying our intention, of getting our hearts ready to receive the grace when it's the time for him to give it. Note how important this is. The expectation is that grace is coming, that goodness is coming, but it doesn't necessarily come immediately. It'll come swiftly, meaning it comes in the right time, in the right way, in an abundant amount but we ask repeatedly so that our hearts become more ready and more open to receive it. This is also the very essence of what we do on Sundays. Note we gather as a people. And during the Mass, note how the priest will often stand with his arms extended, and they do get tired. And, but... What happens is, as the priest stands in the person of Jesus, as the head of the body, the priest doesn't represent Moses. He stands in the person of Jesus Christ. But the body is more than just the head. The body is all the members, which have to work together. So the essence of the Mass is not that Father says Mass and you hear it. It's that we all pray the Mass together. And your parts are important too. You'll notice as we go through the Mass that there are certain prayers that you say that I, that I don't say. And it's not because I don't feel like talking at the moment. It's because the rules are really clear. The priest has his part and the people have their part. And the prayer of the Mass is the two parts coming together. It's absolutely marvelous which is why I don't say amen with you at the conclusion of certain prayers, because it's not my part. My part is to say the words. Your part is to complete it. And that amen is the entire body making the prayer its own so that it's not Father's prayer. It's our prayer. There are certain moments where the priest says something and there needs to be a response. But it's important that I fall silent so that I can hear you. And one of the most beautiful things celebrating Mass is when that response comes. And it's strong. Because it makes a difference to the priest who is praying. To hear that response and to feel that response. And it is a real moment of strengthening that the people often consciously don't even realize. It's a way of holding up the hands. But note how beautiful this is. The Mass doesn't belong to any one person, even the priest, because Moses couldn't keep his hands up by himself. And what do we do? Sunday after Sunday, we gather, we celebrate, and we ask, and we do it with faith. And on any given Sunday, one of us might be weak in the faith. On any given Sunday, one of us might be feeling tired and beaten down. But on any given Sunday, one of us might be the one who's strengthened in the person sitting next to him. 
On any given Sunday, one of us might be the one whose amen makes a difference. On any given Sunday, I might be the one whose arms are being held up. On any given Sunday, I might be the one who's doing the holding. On any given Sunday, I might be that one who's been tired from the fight of just getting by, who has a chance at being refreshed and renewed. How beautiful this really is. How we come together as a body, as we pray, and the Lord says, and don't just do it once, but do it regularly. Make it a habit. Make it a rhythm because it's not that the Lord likes to delay. The Lord sometimes takes his time so that our hearts are made ready for everything that he has to give us. And in the middle of all of this, in just a few minutes, we who gather and pray together get to come forward. And we're going to stretch out our hands. And we're going to receive him. How marvelous that is. But note how he comes to us. We gather and we pray together. And in our praying together, he comes to us and we receive him. We who are going to go back out to that battle of life, but we don't go out alone because the prayer here strengthens us, refreshes us, and sends us forth, renewed to be victorious. And that is indeed a very, very great thing. Amen.